0: As we get started today, I have a question. How many of you have ever been to the doctor? How many of you went because you were struggling with forgiveness? That may sound odd, but medical studies actually show that forgiving people has health benefits. Forgiveness helps to lessen anxiety, strengthens your immunity, lowers cortisol, which is your body's stress hormone, improves memory retention and boosts nervous system functions like giving you better heart rates and digestion so medically speaking with all the benefits it's a great idea to forgive and something we should all try to do from a different perspective when looking at today's scripture passage from luke twenty three thirty four, 34 jesus's words truly demonstrate the importance of forgiveness And its impact on our life. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. What all is embedded in Jesus's prayer? To recap, Jesus was arrested and brought before the Jewish authorities. Then, being brought before Pilate, he was beaten, mocked, and sentenced to death on the cross nails piercing his hands and feet. Then, in the midst of all of this, Jesus prays, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. This was the first of his last seven statements that the Bible records him speaking while he is dying on the cross. Jesus' prayer, Father, forgive them. Contains so much truth and so few words. And what I see in this passage is that Jesus is praying these words. They are not simply spoken. I believe this clearly shows us how prayer and forgiveness are connected. Let's dive into this more closely. One, we can see how Jesus is praying for forgiveness for them. So it's important to ask the question, who is the them that Jesus talks about? Commentators differ slightly on who them refers to. Does it refer to the Jews responsible for his death? Does it refer to the Roman soldiers who hung him on the cross? Does it refer to his disciples who abandoned him? It seems best to understand Jesus' words as referring to all of his elect every person for whom he was about to die. He was praying for their salvation. He was praying for the forgiveness that would come as a result of his sacrificial death on the cross. Also, we can see how Jesus's prayer for forgiveness shows us the necessity of forgiveness. The fact that forgiveness is needed acknowledges the presence of sin. You would have to do something wrong to need forgiveness. You would not need forgiveness if you were completely perfect. But every single sin, from lying, stealing, immorality, and murder, to evil thoughts, misplaced worship, and half hearted good deeds, are wrong. One sin, no matter what it is, is an infinite offense to the infinite glory of God. Just one sin is enough to condemn a person to suffer under the eternal wrath of God in hell. So we need God to forgive our sins so that we can be in a right relationship with him. We need Jesus to pray for our forgiveness. And what Jesus is praying for, the forgiveness of sins, is what he is dying for. Jesus was dying on the cross to bear the punishment of the sins of the elect so that they would one day be drawn into a saving relationship by grace through faith in him. So our salvation is a direct result of Jesus praying for our forgiveness. And his prayer for forgiveness flows from his heart of mercy and compassion. The passage shows us how, in the midst of being insulted and abused, Jesus goes to the Father in prayer, and has compassion jesus fulfills the prophecy in isaiah 53 12 which says he bore the sins of many and makes intercession for the transgressors jesus never stops manifesting god's mercy and love which we don't deserve in any way like jesus said in john three seventeen, he came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through him. Is there any greater love or sacrifice than this? The mercy and compassion Jesus shows here echoes his teaching throughout his ministry. Jesus himself perfectly fulfills his own commandment to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Like many of his other prayers throughout his ministry, This prayer provides an example for us. We can see in this passage as well, how Jesus's prayer for forgiveness fulfills his role as our High Priest. In the Old Testament, the High Priest is the one who would go before God on behalf of the people, acting as their representative. They would offer atoning sacrifices to God on behalf of the nation of Israel. But, Jesus not only offers a sacrifice on behalf of our sins, He is our sacrifice. He sheds His own blood and atones for our sin on the cross, and His sacrifice is once and for all time. Unlike the Old Testament priest, He doesn't have to make regular sacrifices. And since Jesus is both God and man, He is perfect and does not have to offer a sacrifice for His own sin. That's why Jesus needs to be both God and man. Jesus needs to be a man, to be our representative and our substitute. He needs to be God, to be perfect on our behalf and fulfill the law we could never fulfill, bearing the infinite weight of God's holy, just wrath upon sin. He pleads for us on the basis of his own righteousness and on his atoning work on the cross. Hebrews 7:25 reminds us Jesus is able to save to the utmost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them Besides offering sacrifices the high priest in the Old Testament would also pray for the nation of Israel Similarly Jesus acts on our behalf as our high priest by continually praying for us Jesus intercedes for us, even while we are dead in our trespasses, following the course of this world, living in the passions of our flesh, as Ephesians 2 explains. Even then, God shows us his rich mercy and grace and forgiveness. Jesus prays for us from start to finish and continues to pray for us as we journey through life as God's children. He knows the specific condition of our hearts at every single moment. He knows the temptations we struggle with. He understands us and knows us far better than we will ever know ourselves. And being perfect in wisdom and knowledge, Jesus knows exactly how to intercede for us. We can see this earlier in the Gospel of Luke. We find an example of Jesus' intercession. Consider Jesus' words to Peter in Luke 22:31 through 32. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. Notice what Jesus does not say. He does not say, Peter, go pray for yourself. No. Jesus says that he has already prayed for Peter. It should deeply encourage us that Jesus never stops praying and interceding for us. We often fail to pray, but Jesus never does. To paraphrase Spurgeon, through Jesus' prayers, he shields us from countless unseen dangers. We as believers can hardly fathom how much we owe to Jesus' prayers. As he leads us through this life on Earth, he stops Satan's harm before it happens. He has already prayed for us against the attack of our unseen enemies. He has already prayed for us before we face temptations. He has already prayed for us, Father, forgive them. As we have seen, Luke twenty three thirty four shows us how Jesus intertwines prayer and forgiveness. How can we follow his example and seek to integrate prayer and forgiveness into our everyday life? Well, first and foremost, we need to recognize that we need to be forgiven. We have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. There is no other way of salvation except through faith in Jesus and his atoning work. He is the hope of our salvation. The Father sees Jesus' perfect obedience, His righteousness, His wounds, His suffering, and His sacrifice, and accepts His prayers on that basis. So no matter what you've done, or how much you've sinned, through Jesus there is a way. No sin can separate us or take away our salvation but we still need to make war against our sin daily. So, when we come to God in daily repentance, asking Him to forgive our sins, we are agreeing with Him that sin is bad and we are seeking to grow in holiness and be more like Christ. Also, understanding our need for forgiveness opens up the door for us to extend forgiveness to others. Because if we're not forgiving, we become depressed and anxious. We become wrapped up in the hurt and the wrong that has happened and fail to enjoy the present moment. We start to carry anger and bitterness into new situations and relationships. That's not how Christ called us to live. So we see the importance of forgiving others has for ourselves. Now I know that talking about forgiveness and practicing forgiveness are two different things. It's way easier to talk about forgiveness than to actually forgive. And it's easy for us to live in God's forgiveness, knowing that He covered our sins, but it's challenging to give that forgiveness to others. But through prayer and the help of the Holy Spirit, we need to follow in Jesus' example of mercy and compassion and forgiveness. That's very countercultural. No other religions emphasize forgiving your enemies. And to be honest, our natural human tendency is either toward bitterness or revenge. Especially now in our culture, when it is so easy to be offended by many commonplace things. Political opinions, food choices, the way we spend our money, the way we spend our free time, all become an opportunity for heated, opinionated debates. And sadly, it's easier for us to follow the culture and fail to forgive. In our fallen nature, we're inclined to turn to one upping, bad mouthing, excluding, condescension, haughtiness, and negativity, trying to make ourselves feel good and look big while marginalizing others. We fail to focus on Christ and His example. Even if we are in the right in a given situation, we must pattern Jesus' example and pray, Father, forgive them, and help me forgive them. Another truth we should apply to our lives from this passage is our need to pray at all times. In his hour of extreme suffering, Jesus prays. As pain went through his body, as nails pierced his hands and feet, As he struggled for every breath, he persevered in praying. So in the good, the bad, and the horrible, we need to pray. Everyone reacts with prayer to life events in different ways. For some, when life is good, they forget to pray because they don't have any major needs. For others, they are constantly praying, Thank you, God, for the good times and blessings. On the flip side, when times are hard, some people get numb and consumed by their circumstances and forget to pray. For others, they find themselves constantly praying, Jesus, help me, I need you. No matter what, as long as we have breath and a heartbeat, we need to commit ourselves to prayer. Good times and hardships of all kind should drive us to our great high priest. Even if we cannot find the words in a given moment, He knows exactly how to intercede for us. This should cause us to worship. Just stop and think. The Lord of the universe never stops praying on your behalf. He never stops protecting you. He never stops loving you, praying for what is best for you. And being outside of time, he sees all of our life at once and intercedes for every moment we face. This is a comfort for us. In good or bad seasons, whether we are praying as we should or not, our high priest is always praying for us. All of these things, prayer, forgiveness, are easier said than done. But Jesus provides us with a great example, and as his disciples, we can all grow and become more like Christ from living a life enveloped in prayer and forgiveness. With that said, I will ask Chris to close us in prayer.